Hey guys, welcome back to the Whiskey Smoke. Uh, I'm your host, Yuante Curry, and today my good company is Nathan Struberg with Blind Pig Whiskey. He's been so kind to bring in some whiskey today, and welcome aboard, Nathan, and tell us what you got. All right, today we got our store pick, Russell's Reserve Barrel. Uh, we had the honor of picking that with Eddie Russell uh, in June at Boscat. He came to town. We couldn't make it out to the distillery, so he actually came to town for us and brought a bunch of samples, and we got to pick a couple barrels from him. We were actually the first store they got to go in and pick, too, so we kind of got our run of the, the town, I guess you could say. So we selected two barrels. This is the second one that came in. This one is uh, hopefully going to taste with a lot of vanilla in it. Vanilla, caramel, real thick mouthfeel. Uh, that's what we were, that's what our notes say. We'll okay. see how close that is. <laughs> hey, let's give it a shot. Yeah, yeah. All right. You want to pour me? I'll let you pour. All right. And that's the sound of good whiskey going into a glass. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> First time I've tried it since we picked it, so. All right. Well, since you tried it first, since you picked it first, let's see what you got. I'm going to nose it while he's uh, taking a taste. I definitely pick up that vanilla you're talking about. Yeah, a lot of yeah. vanilla. Got that real nice mouth coat still. Yeah. At least I'm getting it. Yeah, lots of vanilla. But, yeah, it is a vanilla bomb. Yeah, nice proof on it, too. 110, we selected this one. It was 111 at selection, so pretty dang close to, to bottling proof. This is and a drinker. This is a uh, Camp Nelson warehouse, which is kind of their new warehouse they're pulling from for picks, I think, starting this year. I don't think they've done these previously, so kind of exciting. But... Yeah, I'll take it. Not, yeah, I'll take bad. it too. Man. <laughs> Cheers, man. Wow. This is pretty awesome. So, when I have guests on, I always ask my genuine and number one question. Why whiskey? Why did Nathan get in whiskey? Hmm. Hmm. So, I, I got, I guess I can hit that a couple ways. Uh, I came up... Obviously, like every other college guy on Crown Royal, or cheaper than Crown Royal substitutes, and uh, drank that for a good while, and never really appreciated. Just pounded it down. Well, finally, I decided to get real fancy, and I started drinking Crown Royal Reserve on the rocks, and that was kind of my introduction, I guess, to whiskey, if you want to call it whiskey. I don't really know what what Crown is at this point. It's just a blend of uh, whatever, but. But from there, yeah, just kept uh, drinking. My my old man drank, he always liked bourbon on the rocks. He drank Buffalo Trace on the rocks, I think, just because he liked the picture of the buffalo on it. <laughs> but so he started <laughs> drinking that, and I got to where I was enjoying that. And uh, I guess this was probably four and a half years ago or so is when I would say I really – Got excited. I, I found a bottle of Colonel Taylor single barrel on the, the store shelf, and uh, that was back before I blew my budget apart. I would actually call my wife and ask if I could spend that much on a on a bourbon back then. Now it's like, uh, God, it's a rat hole. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so picked up a bottle of that, and it was 
a single barrel, and I still to this day think it was the best Colonel Taylor single barrel I've ever had. Just a lot of plum and dark fruits and tobacco and went with the cigar so well. And uh, one of the first whiskeys I ever tasted and actually tasted it to taste, I guess you could say. And so that's what got me running really into the bourbon hole. Uh, ever since then, it's been kind of about good bourbon. And that got amplified. My son's two and a half now. And uh, had a good buddy I met through the store, big bourbon drinker. And he brought me a bottle of E.H. Taylor Barrel Proof for my birthday. He knew I was a Taylor guy. And uh, that that definitely ignited the whole barrel proof chasing. So I went from... Uh, or I guess you could say allocated chasing or store pick chasing after that. Uh, but that got me from drinking your standard Buffalo Trace, Elijah Craig's, to uh, kind of looking for a little higher quality for special occasions. So, so uh, yeah, a lot of talking. But long story short, started out with kind of like everybody, Jack and Crown and Jim and all those guys. And uh, it just kind of evolved over time to, to something I really enjoyed. And something that once I bought the store, I realized you could market. And that brought us kind of to our first store pick, which was literally, and nothing wrong with Jefferson's. I still love that bottle, but that was the only barrel someone would sell me was a Jefferson's barrel to get my foot in the door. So we jumped on that. It was a really easy drinker, uh, kind of a nutty bourbon. And uh, really, honestly, I, I enjoyed it. We sold a ton of it at the store, and that's what kind of kick-started us into this store pick craze that we're we've been running after now uh but yeah so that's there's the whole story going down the the whole hey man i see you got an excellent group of friends jack (laughs) jim you know kind of lee h taylor you know but that's a big jump from buying whiskey to buying and owning a liquor store yeah what where did where did that come in between how'd i get into the liquor business oh i don't know i did oil and gas before this so i was a First, I was uh, working as just an operating hand on a, a wireline team, which basically you send explosives down hole, blow holes, and perforate. But I was uh, literally bottom of the bottom of the group. I I strung stuff up and carried a lot of weights around. But uh, went from doing that to uh, pipelining for a few years, and finally decided I needed to come home. Uh, I was probably traveling. I mean, 29 days out of the month. So wanted to find something at home, tried to find some in oil and gas. That's when the downturn hit. So everything was, I mean, there wasn't anything available here. Uh, so ended up looking around on Biz Buy Sell for whatever reason and found a liquor store for sale. And that's pretty much that. <laughs> <laughs> the guys before me, I guess, uh, kind of ran it into the ground. It was a great price on it. And, uh, Jumped in head first without knowing much about it. Uh, as far as the business aspect, we assumed a certain number of sales could lead to a break-even point off of a projection on a margin that we thought was reasonable. Anyways, all that was so wrong. So it's been uh, it's been a learning curve for going on almost four years now, but been a lot of fun. So one would say you're a risk taker, but you know it. Hell, it turned hell. It turned out incredible. I mean, all of these store picks that you have, and you know, this one is incredible. So, cheers to you, man. Cheers for you taking a risk and you know, following faith and kicking ass. That's awesome. It's been fun. It's been a lot. Of, I, I I wouldn't have said I thought it would go this way when I started. Uh, 
as far as jumping so deep into bourbon and uh so that's that's been it's been an evolution of the store over time for sure from having nothing but vodka drinkers walking in to i mean now we're pretty much busting at the gills with whiskey drinkers looking for bottles every week so uh it's been a lot of fun but it's geared in a in a positive way for us i believe off air, we were talking about, you know, uh, you know how a lot of the liquor stores are stocking inventory because now we have such a craze for good bourbon and bourbon drinkers are going around buying bottles left and right. But what's your take on, you know, heavy inventory? So the good bourbon, I would I would take heavy inventory on. Unfortunately, we can't get it. But, uh, yeah, we, we always get some looks from people that see our – Especially when we get guys that come from out of town, they've seen our store picks and tried them and they like them. So they come into the store and I think they expect, uh, you know, a specs like store. And we're just honestly a little neighborhood hole in the wall that half the time doesn't even have everything in stock that we should. So uh, it's it's always been a balancing act trying to keep uh, keep the business numbers where they need to be. We kind of have a, a cost of goods that we tried to stay at uh, and not exceed because we know pretty well where we need to be to, to keep floating and keep making some money. So it's, it's a juggling act, but it's a lot of fun. And, uh, it's, it's especially fun when you have people walk in from out of town that think you're a big <laughs> high dollar <laughs> store and we're, we're, we're missing out on, uh, pretty much everything that they expect us to have. So it's fun, but we, we kind of pride ourselves in knowing product. Uh, so if we do run out of something, we're able to steer a customer to something that we believe they'll like, and hopefully they will. And it seems to work so far. We've had a lot of good repeat customers. So, And I think that's fun. where it's at, customer service and, you know, finding that niche market and taking care of your customers. Because I found that if you treat a person right, you have a customer for life. And what you guys doing this niche whiskey and your picks a lot. I'm going to lose this thought, but I'm going to take some bourbon and keep on talking. But what you guys doing these picks, I don't see people running away from Blind Pig anytime soon. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's been a blessing. We've got a great group that, uh, helps us out on picks. It's a, it's a changing group every, well, most times we have new faces in the group helping us pick barrels and, uh, it's not a very difficult screening process. If you come out and you support the store and, you talk with us and we get to know you and you, there's a good chance you'll be going on a barrel pick at some point. Uh, but so far, knock on wood, everybody we've brought with us has been great. Uh, we sent Aaron out for the first time, my, uh, my associate at the store and he went out and picked a couple of barrels. So we'll have those coming in, uh, starting next week. And then whenever that maker sits, but yeah, so it's, it's a lot of fun, but we've been blessed with help. I mean, picking these barrels i i wouldn't trust myself to do most of these uh on my own so well, it's been a lot of fun whoever you got picking these barrels <laughs> doing a, a great job because this one just vanilla oh man this oh. is this was uh a couple guys ben actually the one who gave me the h taylor barrel proof when my son was born he's picked a few barrels with us now actually so he picked both of the russells that hit this time he picked the original russells and it might be all he's done with me. I got to say, it's, it's spot on the naming of the vanilla ice cream. I mean, that, <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah, and then we had uh, we had Brian Tipton help us on this one. 
he's he's kind of popping up in some of the groups now and uh really genuine guy but been drinking whiskey since way before i have he's still got some some old uh old van winkle stuff sitting from before that was a craze but he's a weeded bourbon guy to the to the core from what i can tell although i'm trying to change him you know sometimes it's, it's hard to change people when they've been drinking something for so long you know especially if it's quality you know People don't want to take a risk for something that they're not sure about when they know they've been drinking quality for a while. So good luck with that. I will say, not to, not to toot our own horn, but I think that's kind of the point of the show, so I'll, I'll do it. He walked into our store. He was a weeded bourbon guy all the way. He'd had a few 1792s. He hadn't liked any of them. And he picked up our foolproof on a whim. And he still sends me messages that he's drinking that foolproof and still loving it. So I think that's what kind of started him in the store and realizing, oh, I need to branch out from that weeded bourbon a little bit. I don't know. He might have a different take when he hears this. We'll see what he says. Yeah. Let me know. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. He's he's a weeded guy, but you know, there's a lot of good bourbon out there. There definitely is that, you know, and we were talking about, uh, you know, as a liquor store owner, you get, some stuff access to some stuff that most people wouldn't have access to readily and you told me you don't have too many expensive bottles why is that uh basically we don't get enough uh as as you'd expect we're a little store and these barrels more or less are allocated products i mean you can't just walk in and ask for one you've kind of got to build a relationship and establish grounds that you can move it and it's it's uh it's work to get one. So to me, when it comes to allocated bottles, that's what I go for allocated wise. I don't ask for a lot of the the Van Winkle stuff or any of that. It's uh it's more about can I get a barrel of whiskey from you and sell that and I won't complain about not getting allocated product. When we do get allocated product that all goes straight out to customers, uh I don't keep any of them. I haven't I don't think I've ever had an allocated bottle that I thought really lived up to the hype. <laughs> if you wow, know what I mean. <laughs> there's there's some that that have, but for me, the, uh, we were talking about the sweet spots in these store picks, uh, especially when you you get privileged enough to where you get to go pick your own barrel, and we have help, but I get to go out there and kind of oversee it every time, and so I'm picking bourbon geared right towards my wheelhouse and hopefully other people's wheelhouses, but. Uh, I don't have much need for, for allocated bottles when you got this kind of stuff sitting around. So. You know, I'm glad you said that because that gives the, the new and up-and-coming whiskey lover that chance to really appreciate, you know, good whiskey and not get worried about the B-Text, uh, you know, the Booker's 25th and the 30th and the special releases and, and the Pappies and all of that because, you know, when when you have so many different whiskeys that you can choose from, like we were talking and you said you had so, uh, so many different you know, Four Roses picks, that that's to me is debunking, you know, why you're going to pay for a special allocated BTAC or, or a Pappy line. Because if someone is saving that money and paying secondary $400 a bottle for a bottle of Pappy, man, you can get so many different picks, you know, Four Roses of Russell's of 1792 or Elijah Craig or whatever it is out there. And, you know, most of these bottles are one off. So once you get that and enjoy it, it's history. It's well, and, and that's why I especially gear towards these Russell's picks and uh, Four Roses picks, obviously with the 10 recipes of Four Roses. 
Yeah, I mean, there's not really two bottles that are like you can find sister barrels that are similar and things that you like with them, but can be completely different in other aspects and just so unique. So stuff like that. And even these Russells, I've found that the profiles, how it hits your mouth, the sweetness, the fruitiness, uh, I mean, just completely different bourbons, same mash bill, same proof. Hell, they can be the same warehouse and just completely different bourbon. So it's a lot of fun when you start collecting these, especially when you get guys that you trust that pick up an extra bottle and vouch for them. Then I'll feel good about picking up that bottle and trying it later. But, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. You probably know uh, Mr. Evans. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Evans is probably the guy that I hold responsible for me spending way too much money on these Russell's picks because he's got he's got enough to survive for a while if uh, if they stopped making them and some really really good ones that are really really unique. So that's that's kind of where I got started on Russell's, and now that's that's about my bourbon of choice. If I could drink one bottle, that'd probably be a well. That'd probably be an 8101. This is a substantial investment <laughs> you're making here. Yeah, yeah. One if, I, bottle. if I'm going one bottle for for the rest of my life with no money mattering, it'd probably be a 1980s Wild Turkey 101. And nice. it's just a great bourbon to me. But uh, but these Russells certainly do a fantastic job. Yeah, well, we're going to continue talking about that because I, I, I want to touch on vintage whiskey in the next segment. So, guys, stay tuned to the Whiskey Smoke so we can talk more about vintage whiskey with Nathan. The Whiskey Smoke with Yuante Curry brought to you by El Cubano Cigars. Find your favorite smoke at El Cubano, 904 East Main Street, League City, Texas. Family owned and operated El Cubano, blended by Cubans, handmade in Texas. All right, guys, welcome back to the Whiskey Smoke. It's been my pleasure hosting Nathan, and we're talking about whiskey on and off the air, and it's been a hard blend to tell when we're on and when we're off. But welcome back, and we're with Nathan, and we're going to talk about some vintage whiskey. Before the break, you talked about that 1980s Wild Turkey 101. Tell us about that and why you like vintage whiskey. So I just... I don't know. It's it's Wild Turkey 101. It's eight years. I think they sold for what probably probably four bucks a bottle back then or something. Uh, still fairly affordable now though at three hundred ish. At least it's not over the top crazy. Uh, and it's just it's got the flavor I like. It's got a, the flavor seems to spike in it, so it jumps out at you. It's uh, it's got that funkiness to it, but. I tried a CGF right next to an 8101 and preferred the 8101 just because I thought it was a little bit more oomph to it or a little bit more flavor spiking at you. Whereas that CGF, for all intents and purposes, was probably a better whiskey, but it was so well-rounded that I didn't get those those spikes that I like in uh, in bourbon. So I don't know what it – I couldn't give you an exact flavor or what it was that made it better. I just know that it is some of the most flavorful whiskey I've ever had. And I've heard all sorts of guesses to that, whether it be the wood was older or the barrel entry proof was lower, which I think these are all factors. I don't know what it is exactly. But, yeah, 8101's definitely my sweet spot. I've gone through a few bottles of that. I have a few bottles left. And if I'm drinking for a nice occasion, it's usually that. 
So for those of you who don't know what CGF is, that's not anything to do with computer-generated graphics. <laughs> it's a cheesy gold foil. And we have this running debate on the show about old vintage whiskey. Is it the water? And Nathan just mentioned, is it the wood or, you know, what could it be? And no one seems to have pegged it. Everyone who ever comes on here always says something different. No one ever says the same thing, you know. So one day we'll figure it out through trial and elimination. I guess it's like that Tootsie Roll center of a Tootsie Pop. No one really knows, but everyone guesses, you know. You got to. Yeah. But old whiskey, if you ever have a chance to find some old whiskey, whether you're buying it on the market or you find it in your aunt's basement or, you know, or behind her bar, give it a try. Sit down whiskey. Sit down with it and enjoy that whiskey because it's truly a gift. I mean, I don't know if it's the hands of time or, you know, so many hands went into it and, you know, there wasn't as many machines doing it back then, but I don't know what it is, but finished whiskey, man. You got me. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. It's uh, it's almost shocking. I will say I, I recently popped a 1978 uh, 101-proof Eagle Rare decanter, and I literally tasted about half that out at the store to random customers, and uh, nobody could get anywhere close to what that bottle was. I had people guess rum. I had some people guess if it was a brandy. I had people guess it was all sorts of whiskeys. It, it was one of the more unique whiskeys I've ever had, but I had this really dry chocolate finish, uh, almost like you were eating like the Nestle powdered hot chocolate mix or whatever. It was a really interesting whiskey. One of my favorite ones I've had just because it's so different. But that was pretty cool tasting it to people uh, and just watching them. No idea at all. Whereas all these guys are everyday bourbon drinkers, you know. So you can't tell me there's no difference unless it was the ceramic. Maybe we all got lead poisoning from that. I don't know. But uh, I think we'll probably survive. But You just mentioned something that just you know just captures me when we talk about whiskey and you're talking about it was pretty much a blind tasting you give them a sample of something and you ask them to tell it what it is and i look at your logo and and the name of your whiskey your liquor store blind pig liquor you know so many people you know pride themselves on being a tasting aficionado but once you put that blindfold on you find out who's who amongst drinkers. I mean, what do you think about that? Uh, so I'm in a cost plus shipping group. Not that I would condone ever shipping a bottle illegally. Uh, but they did a huge tournament of a totally blind. It could be any type of whiskey, scotch, bourbon, anything. And we had one guy who ran it, and he'd ship out, I want to say it was two samples. And you basically went head-to-head with the person. And uh, whoever got closer to the guess would advance the next round. Well, lo and behold, local legend uh, Sean Jackson. I don't know if you've met Sean. Yeah, I know Sean. He was uh, my opponent in the first round. And we got an MGP sample that I, what did I guess it was? I think I guessed it was an Eagle Rare store pick. Uh, Had some of that chocolate to it that I get an Eagle Rare, and I, I just was up and down. It drank too easy to be a barrel-proof. It had to be Eagle Rare or something like that. Anyway, I was way off. Uh, of course, Sean nails it. He, I think he guessed Smooth Ambler, and it, I think it was Smooth Ambler. Uh, second pick, 
I knew it was four roses. He knew it was four roses. I guess a recipe totally blind because I'm not, I'm not that good. That's ten recipes. He guessed dead on the exact wow. recipe it was, and lo and behold, he went on to the uh, semifinals. Of I think we had 32 people in that or something. So he won about four or five rounds and uh, ended up getting third in the tournament. But uh, a lot of fun, big eye opener. Uh, I don't think the guy will ever listen to this, but we had one guy who called Four Roses Small Batch Limited Edition Cavalon. So wow. it definitely is an eye-opener when you do it that way. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, I, I got beat, but I was I was humbled in a good way, and I didn't expect to do well anyway. So it was it was fun. But, uh, yeah, pretty pretty unique uh, whenever you try to take the, the, the stickers and the labels out from in front of you, and you're just guessing blindly at what bourbon it is. There's a there's a few that stand out, but it's it's tough. You know, it's things like that 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 make you grow as a person and make you grow as a, a drinker. You know, a, a bourbon, scotch, whiskey aficionado. You know, but one thing that I can say is that I've never considered myself like the be all end all when it comes to whiskey. I'm always gonna learn. I always want to learn. I never want to stop learning. And I think that's where blind tasting is going to take a person. I think a blind tasting will keep you learning and keep your palate growing and humble you, you know, take that sting out of who you think you are, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, just talking about the whiskey itself, yeah, it's it's something that draws me in just for the history of it, right? It's such a cool history of America, which isn't all that expansive when you really look at it compared to other countries we're not that old so this whiskey dates back about as far as america does and yeah i I tell you you get all these people have been drinking it forever and i don't think that they really know how to taste it any better than we do but (laughs) (laughs) but it's a lot of fun the blind tastings are fun it makes you realize just how much work goes into making these whiskeys uh taste the way they do but yeah some people are really good at it. You know, I, I wonder sometimes, you know, I always think that if I could grow my palate, I'd eventually want to be a whiskey sommelier. But some of these things people pick up, it just blows my mind. I just, I, I can't figure out, you know, it tastes like summer of 65, you know. <laughs> I was like, what does that taste like? You so know? I, I don't want to throw uh Eddie Russell under the bus or anything here. I I don't know if this would get back to him. When we picked these barrels, we joked about that. And we joked about how people get marzipan and, you know, just flavors that, okay. Because uh, when we picked these, we got vanilla, dominantly vanilla. Yeah, you get a little bit of the caramel or whatever in the background. Basic whiskey flavor, but it's clearly a vanilla forward Bomb. flavor. Yeah. The other one was a very cherry forward flavor. And, uh, so we were kicking it around with Eddie, and he, what'd he say? He's a, I mean, he's a level whatever psalm. He's got all these tasting awards. And he said, if you get outside of about, I think it was five to 10 flavors, you're just, you're just yapping. And so that was kind of, I guess, humbling. Cause I guess <laughs> I listen to some of these guys, and I'm like, what are they talking about? I don't, I, I just don't get it. And it doesn't help. I think I told you earlier I'm smoking a cigar when I'm drinking half the time. I find I'm here to I'm here to enjoy the the smoke and the drink, not necessarily diagnose the whiskey every time I'm drinking it. So I don't know. I'm probably not the best at tasting notes, but 
it was it was pretty cool to hear him basically. I like when people can give you just a clear cut, no BS assessment. <laughs> like, hey man, you know, when people are telling you these things, you know, that's just not what it is. It sounds cool, but it's not true, you know. But we talk about whiskey and cigars. Uh, do you do you just grab a cigar or and drink your whiskey, or do you take some time and put it together? Uh, so a little bit of both. I probably smoke a lot more than I should. I smoke probably as like, eh, maybe not quite a cigar a night, but it's almost every night. So a lot of times it's just whatever I have on hand, to be 100% honest. I don't have some massive uh, back humidor out. Well, I do, but it's not working yet. <laughs> <laughs> I moved recently, and I need to get it reconfigured. But anyways, so yeah, so a lot of times it's just what I got. But I do try to pair up my bourbon with my cigar if I'm going to be drinking that night. Uh, for example, I... I don't know if you're a Kristoff fan at all. Yes. I mean, for an everyday smoke, that Kristoff, I don't really know how to say it, but Criollo, Criollo. Yeah, you nailed it. Uh, just a fantastic smoke. It's very creamy, the smoke, very thick. And I think it pairs up great with just about any thick mouthfeel bourbon that I've ever had. Uh, so that's when I pair a lot. If I'm, if I'm wanting to to get kind of the the big notes like actually this cherry barrel that we picked uh this this tempest alec bradley tempest maduro i think puts a ton of chocolate in your mouth and it's very sweet and you pair that with that cherry barrel and it just becomes a chocolate cherry so there's a lot of things i do gear towards trying to get that flavor profile i want and i mean to give you another example i have a four roses pick it's uh it's an oeso and it's an old pick. I got lucky and found it. And uh, it's I, I what I told you is my favorite bourbon I ever had. I thought it was a chocolate cherry bomb, and it turned out it just I was smoking every time I was drinking it. I finally tried it without a cigar, and it it kind of tastes like Nyquil. Oh man! Like it's very dry and medicinal, and uh, so the cigar. Yeah, I think I think the cigar. You you have to kind of gear it towards the drink if you're if you're trying to enjoy both aspects then I think it's very important because, yeah, like I said, you can turn a NyQuil bottle into, like, this awesome chocolate cherry bottle. And uh, so it's fun. But, yeah, yeah, definitely definitely try to pair as long as I have what I need there. Sometimes I'm just smoking some. So how long, you know, like for me when, when I'm smoking, I may go through two, three glasses on one cigar. What about yourself? Yeah, that's probably right. I, I don't pour a lot at a time. So depending on how much fun I'm having, it could be four or five, but I'm probably half ounce pours when I'm pouring them in there. And uh, some nights I'll have one pour that lasts the whole time, and some nights you do four or five. But uh, yeah, it just depends how well it's going down that day. Now, two things, one at a time. Indoor smoker or outdoor smoker? Uh, I mean, if I had my personal opinion, I'd be indoor, but... Uh, I smoke outdoor uh, at my house. We've we've lived there for a few months now. We moved in July, I think. And uh, one of the big requirements was a front porch for me and a covered back porch. So both of them are pretty, pretty out of the wind. They're pretty walled off. They both have covers. So I, I've got a pretty experience. good spot. And Houston's honestly, people complain about the heat. And yeah, the heat's bad, but... And the fact that you can get out and smoke a cigar outside almost all year, as long as you're covered, is uh, 
is a good thing for me. So I, I like the climate here, but uh, I'd, I'd say indoor if I have a choice, but outdoor just fine. Yeah, I mean, there's only two seasons here in Houston, hot and hotter, you know. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. You, know, uh, you mentioned earlier the second thing I wanted to talk about, the summertime whiskey and the wintertime whiskey. Does the cigar remain the same through the summertime whiskey and the wintertime whiskey? And what are those summertime whiskeys and those wintertime whiskeys? So I'm, I'm not going to lie. Summertime, like if I'm drinking a decently high-proof bourbon, and I'm smoking a stout cigar, it's probably going to be kicking my butt by the end of it because I'm sweating and everything else out there. So summertime, I'm probably going a lighter cigar, Connecticut Shade Wrapper, probably pairing it with a lower-proof whiskey. Uh, even the Connecticut's, I like something that's got a lot of smoke, a lot of thick smoke. Uh, Connecticut's, I found, I well, probably my favorite is, I really like that just uh, the Drew Estate, the Shade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a, yeah. it's got some strength to it still, but it's a Connecticut wrapper. I like that one. I like uh, the Kristoff Connecticut wrapper. I like a few others, but yeah, I'll trade off. But yeah, summertime is going to be usually light cigar, lower proof whiskey, uh, summer. Sounds yeah. like you like light cigars, long burn. I would imagine. You, you probably know more about cigars than me. I'm very recreational with my cigars. I just, uh, it's just a social thing for me. I, I do enjoy the flavors they'll give you, but as far as construction and quality and all that, I'm I'm far from being an expert. Hey, nothing wrong with simplicity, man. Whatever works, you know. I'm, as long, I'm right hey, there. Hey, I'll drink today. <laughs> Boy. So, the winter whiskey. What's your go-to winter whiskey? Because now we're having a little bit of winter today as we talk. Yeah, uh... I like generally going to be higher proof, but sometimes rise, rise with the spice and kind of that. So we had, we picked a whistle pig, a low proof I was telling you about for summertime, and then we had a high proof. So we literally geared it that way. We were going to release one in the summer, one in the winter. And the winter one is 123 proof, and it's got this sweet front end. Then it hits this uh, almost cherry or like an amaretto flavor in the middle. And then it's got a nice spicy finish where you get that rye. And that's kind of been my go-to for this winter because it it has that nice little cherry note in there or bright red kind of fruit in there in the middle. And it's a a good bottle. So wintertime, that's been my go-to this year. Last year was a foolproof pick. But I jump around a little bit. Now, the holidays upon us, you know, and for those that can't get access to your picks, pick something for them that they could give their family members that will remind them of the season we're in. Uh, hmm. Something off the shelf, huh? I mean, this time of year, Rare Breed would be a great choice. It's, I agree. For the for the for the money and the availability, I think that's fantastic. Uh, if you wanted to change it up a little, a Russell's Reserve Rye single barrel, just the green label, I still think that's probably the best Kentucky rye I found. It's got just that really thick mouthfeel and real oily, uh, but that's a great drinker. And wintertime, it's I think it's 104 proof, 100. 
iron three proof. I don't know. One of those two. So you got plenty of oomph to it. It is a rye, so it's going to have some nice spice and then that real heavy mouthfeel. So, uh, yeah, I sound like I'm really preaching the turkey word today, but I think they put out <laughs> great whiskey. If you can find, like, a foolproof 1792, those are usually good bets for the money. I mean, Colonel Taylor Barrel Proof, if you can find it, yeah, is amazing. Yeah. It's just gotten to where you can't find these things uh, so easily. On the flip side, summertime whiskey. Henry McKenna is probably my my go to. Nice, that's a sub thirty dollar bottle. Yeah, yeah. And, and light. Uh, you get the caramel, you get the vanilla in it. It's usually a very soft drinker due to being aged in the middle of the warehouse. Ten years old, thirty thirty five bucks. Yeah, they did full disclosure. Just jack the price up on that. Uh. So, so you've heard it, guys. <laughs> while you can, you know. so I'm, I'm not trying to price gouge anyone that comes into my store, but it's around a $35 bottle now, so it's still very reasonable for a 10 year bottled and bond product. But it has creeped up just a little bit with that, uh, that award win they took home. So, I'm finding that across the board, though, bourbon is going up across the board, and I think, in my opinion, you will know more than me because you actually sell it. But supply and demand, demand is so high right now that supply is limited and they can ask more. You know, my my favorite bourbon is Eagle Rare. You know, so when you were talking about Eagle Rare, we were on the same chord, we were the same sheet of music there. But one, I can't find it as much. Good thing for me, I bought a couple cases a while back, but I can't find it as much. And when I do find it, it's almost 40 bucks a bottle now, you know. In some cases, some places, it's higher than that. I've seen it as high as 60. Yeah, that's that's probably completely market driven. The price hasn't changed on that, but the availability sure surely has. When I was moved in, we've been here almost four years. We used to order three cases of Eagle Rare at a time. We come in every time. We'd order a case of Blanton's every time. We come in every time. Now, I I get about a case of Eagle Rare a month if I'm lucky. Wow. And uh, and it's usually less than that. Like I, it's at the point where that's darn near just as hard for me to get as Blanton's, which is not how it used to be. But Eagle Rare's really good whiskey for a really good price, so it makes sense. I try not to take it personally. It's all business side, yeah, right? <laughs> you know, and those of you who've gotten in the, in the whiskey market late in the game, you know, this is where it hurts to be a newcomer. Yeah, yeah, but there's. There's still a lot of good ones. I saw somebody on one of the forums really preaching Elijah Craig recently, and that's a great everyday drinker. Uh, 30 bucks still, 8 to 12 years old. It's not the 12 year anymore, but it's a blend of 8 to 12 from what I'm told. You still got 1792 that's available every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a seven, seven to 8-year bourbon, I would guess, for 25 bucks. So there's still drinkers out there for sure. Uh it's just a matter of yeah, you don't you don't get quite the selection we used to get, but that's that's good for me in a way. So I'm not too upset. <laughs> <laughs> I need bourbon to keep moving. I can't have it stop. So if it's moving in the right direction, yeah, it's not great for co- consumers, but uh, that's why it's great to have great friends. Because, exactly. You know, you exactly. Can, someone get a bottle of this incredible vanilla here that you have here, <laughs> yeah. and you can't get it because it's sold out then you know you share with someone else but it's all about sharing it's all about sharing the whole whiskey scene and the whole cigar scene is all about sharing if 
those of you who are out there who aren't sharing, shame on you. You should be sharing. Tis the season. <laughs> yeah, to be exactly. Sharing, you know? Pop open those pappy bottles. Exactly. Your B tags. Book is 30 is coming out soon. So if those of you who are listening, I haven't had it. <laughs> Think of me. It's the holiday yeah, season. Holiday time. Yeah. Send, send some samples. Uh, thinking of speaking of holiday samples, you know, you have those who uh, like eggnog and those who don't. You know, I'm a eggnog drinker. What's your mixer for eggnog? So, so are you talking? You you really make the eggnog? Oh yeah. So you're you're pretty hardcore. No, yeah. I, I'll pick up a bottle of Penn Dutch and. Okay. I'm just fine with it. <laughs> I've always heard about people making their own, and it's not hard, man. It's and really they, not. do you do like the high booze one where you got where it can yeah. age for a while? And well, I haven't really aged it, but I want to do something different. With I've it. I've heard about people that age them for like a whole year, so they'll make it the year before, and they drink last year's. And if you if you drink it right away, it's too boozy because it's so high proof. But if you let it sit for a year. In one way or another, it, it it levels out, I guess, and balances. But I don't know the the chemistry behind that. But uh, no, I'm a, I'm a very simple eggnog drinker. If it's if it's right off the shelf, I'm just fine with it. I don't drink much eggnog, but I'll have a couple glasses New Year's Eve or Christmas Eve, whatever it is. And uh, I like that. I'm gonna have to explore that whole wait a whole year on your homemade high proof eggnog. I, I never think even heard who that does that. Somebody know? gave me the recipe, and I don't remember who it is. But supposedly it's amazing. And that's the benefit of friends because friends try things that you wouldn't try yourself oh, and then they recommend yeah. you and then they ruin you because now you've tried it and you have to duplicate it. There's no way I could wait a year to drink something. To get some booze, yeah. yeah. No, I'd, I'd go crazy looking at it. Yeah, especially if you poured a couple of nice bottles in there too. <laughs> yeah, put some uh, high proof good bourbon in there, yeah. No, it'd be good. Uh, what, what, what do you put in yours though? So for me... I put Old Granddad 114 in mine. So do you do the brandy and the rum also? Or you just a whiskey base? So I've tried it three ways. I've tried it with the brandy, and I've tried it with the rum, and I've tried it with the mixture of brandy, rum, and bourbon. I prefer just the bourbon. Just the know? bourbon. Yeah, because to me, you know, like, I'm no scientist. I'm just your average guy who has a... A bottle of this and a bottle of that, and you know I can pour a little bit. And my hand gets a little heavy every now and then, and then sooner or later you ruin your eggnog trying to experiment. So I just prefer to just keep it simple, you know. Just oh yeah, one fourteen can't go wrong with it. It's decent proof, you know. Yeah, I'll tell you. I even normally I'm a pin Dutch. My family's always drank pin Dutch, and we're out of that now. So this year we're going to be drinking Benchmark. Eggnog, we'll see how that is. That's interesting. I might have to get it a go. <laughs> I might have to actually make some this year because, yeah, it's getting thin. It's like the new uh, the new BTAC is Penn Dutch. <laughs> this time of year, it's crazy. Oh, man. I, you know, when people come on, I take notes because I'm always learning. But with that being said, we're going to have to go to break. Guys, we're going to come back with Nathan in just a second. We're having such a good time here enjoying this great whiskey. The Whiskey Smoke with Yuante Curry is sponsored by El Cubano Cigars, blended by Cubans, handmade in Texas. Located at 904 East Main Street, League City, Texas. Call 281-332-9096 or go to elcubanocigars.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Whiskey Smoke. We're still here with Nathan, and we're having such a good time enjoying this uh, this vanilla ice cream. 
So, Nathan, the floor is yours. Take it away, man. So, number one, this is becoming more and more vanilla to me as it opens up and as I drink another one or two. Uh, really happy with how it came out. Hope everybody enjoys it. Uh, but by the time this airs, I think hopefully it's long gone. Yeah. Now, I'm sure this bottle will be it for sure when it airs. Now, I'm told I get to ask a question, so I'm going to ask a question here. Go for it. Your favorite shelf bottle that you can find in just about any liquor store right now? Favorite shelf bottle that I can find about any liquor store right now? I would have to say that would be... Because uh, I hear you talk about scotch. So are you a scotch guy or are you a bourbon guy I'm more? I'm a bourbon guy more so than anything else, but... You know, I will go as far as to say, and I'm going to probably catch hell on this one. I'm going to go say, uh, oh, granddad. The 114 or the bond? The bond. The Bottleton bond is a really good bottle. And then to back that up, I would say Evan Williams. You know, and people are going to be like, why two cheap bottles? Because they're drinkers. You know, I'm not going for snobbery. If I turn the bottle around and I poured it to you and I did the old school thing where you poured whiskey in a decanter and you came over my house and you didn't ask me what it was. It was just me giving you my decanter and I poured out my drink. That would let me know that you appreciated bourbon because those two bottles are great bourbon and they're readily available everywhere. Yeah. Uh, I usually have special reserve in my decanter, Weller Special Reserve, and I don't like it. It's not, <laughs> it's not something that I enjoy drinking. Uh, but I found it's very versatile. So, like, if I'm pouring out of the decanter, it's usually because I'm, I'm pouring with buddies. So it might be on ice. One or two of them might be mixing it with Coke, you know. So it's it's something that I found seems to work very well okay. in every situation. It's not necessarily something I enjoy. Uh, if for me. And it, it's not really valid anymore because McKenna's come off the shelf. But McKenna used to be my go-to every time. Thirty bucks, ten years. Now I would, I'd probably lean towards Elijah Gregg. Just I'm a, I'm a Heaven Hill kind of homer. Okay, so 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 I get another question here. What scotch do you drink? So I drink a lot of different scotches. Uh, I've actually started exploring scotch more and more and more. But lately, I've been in the Talisker and Old Pulteney uh, market lately because I just like those. Uh, Old Pulteney is just, to me, is understated. It doesn't have that marketing machine behind it. You can find it readily available. Very affordable, yeah, too. Very affordable. Yeah, you can 12 go, years, what, 39 bucks, yeah. 40 bucks? You can get uh, up to 21 reasonably, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I had a buddy who, his, uh, when I moved into my, my first house, so that has been probably seven, eight years now. I've moved since, but his dad gave us, well, no, this was right when we bought the liquor store. So this is four years ago. His dad gave us a bottle of Old Pulteney, 12-year, and said, this is a very good, like, value scotch. You should try it. And of course, we probably killed the bottle that night between two of us, so it's not like we were trying it. We were just pounding it down. But he also gave us a bunch of kind of fine wine that, okay, you should know what these taste like. So my next question, are you a wine guy at all? Here's the thing with wine. I am a wine guy, but I'm kind of, you know, uh, the best way to say it is I'm I'm, I'm kind of attached. Uh, I'm I'm loving Cabernets, Merlots, and Ports in that order. You know, I, I love a rich Cabernet. I love a, a, a smooth Port with my cigar. 
you know, a, a Merlot with my steak. I, I haven't gotten into Merlots yet. I got the cabs. Uh, my new thing is kind of Malbecs. I really like a Malbecs. I don't drink a lot of them. I mean, this is a very rare occasion that I'm drinking wine. But Malbecs are always good. My father-in-law, before he passed away, I did get to, he had a wine collection. And I got to try some good port over there. And uh, A good port will change your life. You get a good port, yeah, because it's, it was like, it's like 20% wine. I think it was, I think it was 18.5% or something. And God knows what he paid for that bottle. And we drank it like, it, you know, that's the sad no thing appreciation about death, at all. You know, it's just like you've accumulated things and somebody uh, comes in and you just but, drinks it like it's water. But what a, yeah, port. I haven't even thought about port in a while. I'm glad you brought that up. All right, you got any more questions? Otherwise, oh, I can think I can think of some more if of you need course, me to. Man. We can we can talk oh, wait, about what this about, all the time. Okay, let's go cigar because you got really fancy cigars. So, what's your kind of? If you were to say you had an everyday or something that people could find, Particus three thousand. It's about a six seven dollars stick. You know, uh, I'm sorry, not Particus three thousand. Padron three thousand. Padron. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm thinking Particus one sixty is one of my favorites, but Padron three thousand. It's about six seven dollars stick, you know. Uh, I've never had a bad one. The construction is great. It yep. looks incredible. It lot burns well. Yeah. Lots of creamy smoke, man. Yeah, you know, beautiful so, white ash. Yeah, yeah. I've, had, I've had a had a fair share of those. I can't afford the anniversary editions and stuff. Those are fantastic to put on the higher ends, but they're definitely a special occasion. It's cigar. a special occasion yeah. cigar. Yeah, like you said, that three thousand. Honestly. I think it smokes very, very well for what it is. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's a good choice. All right, I'll let you ask another question. Okay, so with all of the, the, the craze in whiskey and so many people not knowing enough about whiskey, they just follow the trends that other people follow. How would you guide someone who came into your store as a newbie, and how would you grow their whiskey walk? So this, this still kind of... I know I like what I do a lot, but when I have someone come in, we get so many people in now that come in and they want to walk in and say, uh, do you have any allocated bottles? And it's like, dude, I've never seen you in my life. Even if I had an allocated bottle, I'm sorry, I would not be going to you. You know, it's going to go to someone who's supported me for the year and someone who's been in here. But when we get someone in who genuinely wants to learn that really makes my day. Like, I'll think about it all day. You know, it's like, oh, that was a lot of fun. Maybe we, maybe we swayed him in some way or another. But uh, we'll, we'll take a walk on the little whiskey wall. And I told you earlier, I'm not the most stock shelf. So depending on what I have in stock, we'll kind of gear where I go. But if there's someone who likes easy drinking whiskey, uh, my big push this month has been, I don't know if you've tried Long Branch. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I think I've, I've it is it. a great it's, bourbon. It's uh if you enjoy big finish, big proof bourbon, it's not your bourbon. But if you like good flavor, good nose, and just a good mouthfeel, I think it's fantastic. I've I've pushed it on so many people that come into my store that buy okay, maybe they buy Weller or they buy uh let's say Elijah Craig or something. They're looking for just a little step nicer. That is always, it's just such a refined bourbon to me. And I never really, I still don't get a ton of the smoke in it that they talk about, but I think it's a great bourbon. I agree. If there was a gateway bourbon, 
it would be Long Branch. I think Long Branch does a great job. And uh, so you're asking me what I what I gear people to, and I, I always start with what what kind of money do you want to spend? Okay. And if they're under fifty bucks, Long Branch is always an easy one. Forty dollar bottle, super easy to drink, super palatable super for for the average consumer. If they kind of are a little more into bourbon, they like big finish, they like big flavor, it's almost always rare breed for what we have available. Uh, if we happen to have Colonel Taylor at the time, small batch, single barrel, barrel proof, whatever it is, I'll promote that because I love Colonel Taylor. Yeah, I still too, think. I can't get enough of the barrel proof. And if I have McKenna. Uh, so quick story about that. On the whiskey shelf, we pushed so many people to McKenna. We were... And McKenna, historically, I think is a very slow mover. It's just an ugly bottle. <laughs> and unless someone can sell that bottle, it's not going to move because nobody's going to go pick up that bottle. It's too ugly. And it doesn't have big enough how much value there is there. So we, uh, this was about a year ago, way before the craze. We got basically begged by the distributor to take three cases. They needed to dump some cases. Hey, can you take three? I said, Sure. So we started pushing out three cases. Like it was almost three cases every two weeks. I mean, every week maybe, which is quick for McKenna. Yeah, now, if you're talking yeah. Crown or Jack, no, it sounds quick. Tito's, yeah, flies. But you're talking about a kind of niche bourbon here that you have to hand sell. And we got so many people drinking that. And now we're still getting in trouble because we can't keep it on the shelf. It shows up. We only get a case at a time now. And it's. At times, the cases go on that afternoon. You know, it's it's just so we've built this huge following for it, and we spend a ton of time and effort doing it. And as soon as it won that award, it started flying. And you just well, it was flying before that here at our store. I don't think it flew anywhere else because they begged us to take it. We'll give you the best deal on it, you know. And then once once it won that award, and I started asking for three cases. Well, you know, that's an allocated product. Oh well, it wasn't. Oh, it's always been allocated. We just didn't have to worry about it too much. You know, oh, it's right. like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, yeah, when you were sloughing it to me for <laughs> for five bucks cheaper than you should have, and I was the only guy in town taking it, okay. Point being, we we get spoiled by good bourbon. But uh, McKenna used to be my go-to, and that would make my day because I'd sell someone on that, and I knew. You got a customer for life. I knew they were going to come back. Yeah. Like, that's that's just, it's such a, a good, well-rounded bourbon uh, for the money. So, anyways, long, long story about why or who we like to take down the bourbon shelf and how we like to attack it. They ask about scotch. I'm lost. I'm not a scotch drinker. Are you going to ever open up uh, your mind and your it's, palate to it, It's not that I'm not open to it. I've tried a lot of scotch. And I'll still drink a scotch now and then. My, my dad likes McAllen 12. And I've really made a push on him. I got him almost drinking only bourbon. But it used to be we'd always have some McAllen... McAllen 12 every every Christmas. We don't spend a ton of money on whiskey. Well, I do now, but we never did historically. So McAllen 12 was a nice bottle Christmas time. And uh, I enjoy McAllen 12. Uh, he did a trip to Scotland recently, brought me back some Glen Goyne. I, I like really that. like Glen yeah, Goyne. I think it's understated. Uh, they don't have the marketing money. Nobody ever knows what they are. We can, we can try as hard as we can. It's hard to sell a bottle of it, even though I think it's very reasonable for what it is. Uh, but I've gotten into Glen Goyne, so I do like that. I, I'm definitely a Highland side. Okay. With the exception of Lagavulin. I like Lagavulin. 16. I like the 16, and I've had a couple of limiteds. So the 12s that you know only you come like out 19. once a year. 
Uh, yeah, I, I can't do like the Lafroy. It tastes like a Band-Aid or, you know, it's just not, it's not for me. It's, it's a little too out there. That being said, I've had a Lafroy or two I liked, but. Like the gorgeous. Yeah. Yes, which release was it? It wasn't the Madeira. It was this year. What was this year? Don't make me lie. I've been drinking. <laughs> I don't remember what this year is, but I did enjoy this year. I don't know. Uh, scotch to me. So I've I've figured this out through through buying these picks and picking barrels. I have a kind of a sweet tooth in bourbon, and I like kind of the cherry and the those sweet flavors. Yeah. And, uh, and you just you don't you don't necessarily get those in scotch. You know, you can get some of that from influence. Some people would highly disagree with that because uh, they would say, man, you get a good sherry or Madeira cask. Well, that's what I'm – so you can get that in influence for sure. Uh, when you start rebarreling, and it picks up some of the good flavors. And I do like some of those a lot. Uh, but for – I mean, for your average – all right, I'm, I'm going to get flamed on this, but bourbon to me is – yeah, it's just where it's at. Hey, I, I, I agree with you, and I'm sure I get flamed on it too. But bourbon started me, you know. Yeah, well, and you, you're talking about it's American pastime. I, you know, it's 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 cool the regulation that goes into it. I, I, I mean, a brand new barrel every time, charred up. The amount of flavor that that can produce quickly. When you look at someone like Whitmire's over here. 15 months, 17 months, 12 months, and this bourbon comes out looking like. Motor oil. Yeah, it's it. like uh, shout out to Travis. It's it's crazy what they can do, and it's that new char oak, uh, charred oak barrel that, I mean, after you've used it for ten years and you ship it off to a, a distillery in Scotland, this, that flavor is just not going to impart right away. Of course, they can age those things for like fifty years yeah. over there, so. Yeah, different strokes, but uh, yeah, we for me, it's bourbon. Yeah, 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 we did. We did. I'm a, I'm a bourbon guy, but hey, I've, I've had some scotches that are fantastic. I just can't afford to get in that game of Murdy in this one. You know, the, the whole thing about whiskey is, you know, whiskey can go from mild to wild when it comes to prices. And you just talked about, you know, somebody coming in your store and asking about allocated bottles. When I first started, I would go around and I would buy just – allocated bottles because they weren't as allocated as they were now and now when someone goes to your store how can you how can a, a guy that's i would say like myself who's never really been to your store come in and address you in a way that you feel comfortable with selling something because there's always an opportunity to gain a new customer but there's you know several opportunities to lose one yeah so so we don't want to lose anyone certainly but we do press our picks. I mean, okay, we got a pick coming this week. We got a pick coming next week. Come by, taste it. Let me know what you think. You walk in and just ask for an allocated bottle. I'm, I'm not going to do that. I just have – we have some guys who uh, I would say to, <laughs> to a pretty extreme extent vouch for us and support us, and uh, we want to take care of the guys spending money keeping us in business. Uh, people that buy vodka, wine, you know, if they're going to buy a bottle of tequila, they don't go to Specs. They come down to us. They buy that. That all helps support us. So, end of the day, allocated bottles. Uh, we have a list for Blantons. You don't have to be a regular to get on the list. And we'll run through the list. We do it as fair as we can. Uh, Weller 12, you know, you can get on a list. Uh, 
end of the day, we just don't we don't get we don't get the pappies. We don't get a ton of BTAC. Those are gonna go to the larger liquor stores and restaurants. Yeah, and we'll we'll get a couple bottles, and they'll go to people that, like I said, buy everything from us. It's not a not a friendship thing necessarily. It's people that keep us in business who I know would appreciate the bottle, and they're gonna get in those hands. And if we have someone who comes along and starts buying from us, we're gonna take care of them. I mean, uh, <laughs> we had a guy who switched over last year, started buying all of his wine with us. He was already buying bourbon with us, but bought all his wine with us. And I mean, he walked out with. I think a four grain something else last year. So there's some bottles that'll get passed around, but it's all about relationships for us. We're little guys, right? So right. you come in, you you treat us nice, you have fun there. I mean, we'll have we do one of these releases. We'll end up with 25 people in the store trying the bottle. Hell, half of them will come outside and have a cigar in the parking lot with us. Like we're we're all about that relationship. So I love that. I mean, that's it's what's so kept rare. us in business. Is uh, We've built relationships. We're not the most stock store. We're not, uh, you know, it's just, it's relationships. And, and I feel like Aaron and I do a lot to distinguish our, our knowledge so we can, we can help customers out when they come in. So it's fun, but that's what it's about to us is the relationships and the camaraderie and the fun. And, yeah, honestly, the allocated. I told you how I feel about allocated yeah. bottles earlier. I, I'd I'd take one of these picks over in about eight days a week. So I think if people come in and start tasting what we're picking. The Whiskey Smoke with Yuante Curry is sponsored by El Cubano Cigars, blended by Cubans, handmade in Texas. Located at 904 East Main Street, League City, Texas. Call 281-332-9096. Or go to elcubanocigars.com.